Welcome to Sound and Vision, conversations with contemporary artists and musicians about the creative process. Here's the host of Sound and Vision, Brian Alfred. Sound and Vision is sponsored by Golden Artist Colors. Golden makes acrylics, watercolors, and oil paint through their Williamsburg oil paints. I've been using Golden Paint and Mediums in my studio for 20 years. I stand by their paint and mediums and recommend their great supplies that are made in upstate New York. You can find out more about Golden at goldenpaints.com. Hiroya Kurara is an artist born in Japan, living and working in Brooklyn, New York. He received a BFA from Parsons in 2003. He's had solo shows at Ivory and Black Soho in London, Hollis Taggart, Joshua Liner, and Eric Firestone in New York, Ross and Kramer in East Hampton, Part 2 in New Image Art in Los Angeles, Guerrero Gallery and FFDG in San Francisco, Gallery Target, Giant Robot, and Modus Fort in Japan, amongst others. His work has been covered in Juxtapose, Graphic, Tokion, Le Journal, Vice, Hypebeast, and more. Hiro has two upcoming solo shows, one at Manya Row Gallery in May 2019 and at Koki Arts in Tokyo in July 2019. I went to Hiroya's studio in Red Hook for a talk about his path from Japan to the United States to Japan to the United States again, seminal punk, the beauty of baseball, and more. Okay, ja, minasan, hajimarimasu. Here's our conversation. All right, well, why don't we. I don't know, in all honesty, too much about your past. Sure. <laughs> so,、uh, why, not, why don't you take me back to when you were a kid? Where'd you grow up?、Uh, I was born in Osaka, in Japan. Oh, yeah. And when I was three, I, we moved to Yokohama, which is another port city、yeah. near Tokyo. Right. And then when I was seven, the whole family moved to Chicago、yeah. for three years. So that would be, I'll, I'll be 10 by then. And then went back to Japan for a few years. And when I was 16, I came back here for college,、uh, high school. Okay. And since then, I've been here. So you came over, was it dad's work that brought you over? When I was the、uh, first time? Se- yeah. Yeah. Fought, yeah. Where he worked was like so nice that they let him、um, take the MBA、yeah. for free and then、oh, paid、cool. for all the you know, tuitions and like rent and all that、right. where he worked. So I didn't know that until you know, recently. But like, yeah, for me, it was like, we're going to Chicago. Yeah. Where's Chicago? <laughs> My grandfather was like so like, worried because he was a Like, you know, he was watching lots of movies, and Al Capone, of course, was like the Chicago <laughs> of him. It's like, oh my God, you、so、guys are dangerous.、Going. Oh, yeah. 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 That must have been exciting. I mean, were you into it? Yeah. At the time? I mean, you were pretty. I young. mean, I had no idea when I was seven. So, what's、yeah. America? You know, like,、right. oh, we're going on a plane. So, like, wow. Okay, let's just. You just、yeah. kind of do it. Just do it. I remember when we arrived at O'Hare. Yeah. It was like, I was looking at the sign and I remember telling my parents, like, hey, Americans use the same numbers as、oh, we yeah, do. I'm yeah. like, <laughs> I came from the US. You know? Right, right. Yeah. So, but yeah, it was a, a good Did you, when you were younger, you studied a little bit of English, at least grammatically, right?、Uh, before、yeah. coming to no, school? No, no, I had no Not idea. Not at all. So,、um, we were, where we moved was like suburbs of Chicago. Yeah. And I have an older sister, and me and my older sister was like sort of like the only Asian on, on that, in that school. Yeah. So we had some, you know, hard time. Right. I would say, like, you know, where's Japan? We had to explain where Japan was, and we didn't even know where Japan was. You know, you know、right. what I mean? Like, yeah, I was yeah. so young that trying to explain Japan was like, is that Korea? Is that China? It's like,、yeah. oh, kind of similar. You know, it took me a while to, you know, Be in that group, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. To navigate the cultural yeah. difference. And、yeah. you're the only. The, yeah, me and my sister w a s the only. So I feel like I was hiding all the time, like not to get picked, you know? Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Anything we do, like, like visually, we were different. And、um, no, my l- language wasn't there. So I was like, I was a, whatever, 
you know, the teacher would say, hey, let's do this. I'll be definitely the last guy to do it. Yeah. Yeah. So I was kind of like used to that, I guess. I guess that, well, so that was three years, right? Three years I was there, yeah. Then you went back. And then I went back, which was kind of like, I enjoyed my time in Chicago, like thinking back right now, but I feel like I always wanted to go back. Yeah. You know, to like, to be you know, not thinking about hiding. Just you know, understood, like, you yeah, know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So so that was difficult. And then how long before you came back the second time? So, uh, so 16, oh, so six years. Yeah. Yeah. So I went back to Japan and... Um, Yokohama? Uh, back in Tokyo. Oh, Tokyo. Suginami yeah. area. And then, yeah, I was so happy. Like, I was like, wow, you know, I don't have to you know be different but the thing was like how I dressed was a little different from the the kids out there yeah. like fourth grade everyone had uh, you know half pants like so up close to your you know like here right in yeah. Japan back in the days half pants they, they didn't wear half pants to the knee yeah so and like super short super short <laughs> that was the thing and then I came back with this you know one of those half pants you'll see here yeah, yeah and then kids would be like whoa you know and then I was like telling my mother, like, can you get me one of those like short, short pants? So oh, you can... wanted to fit in. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, my thing was like to fit in so don't get picked. Yeah. You know, I, didn't, I just wanted to be like same as all the others. But I guess. three years is probably long enough that you had some of the the air of America on you. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah, probably. It's like little things change, like subtle little things that people <laughs> can pick up on. Yeah. I remember when I was like f- fourth grade, I was like on you know back in japan i was like sitting on one of the desks during like during a class yeah and uh this teacher was like so like she yelled at me because like hey you know it's not it, the desk is for studying like it's not you can't sit there fucking american like not <laughs> she didn't go that far right, right. but i was like i still remember you know i was like wow yeah, I was just like leaning on it, and like she said something about like this is Japan, you got to do it this way. Right. So I was like, Phew. oh, she knew that you had spent time. Exactly. Oh. Yeah, I had a little like class during the end of the day. I was like, today's uh, vocabulary is what is it like going around, or it's like I was teaching the class like oh yeah you know, English. English yeah that's funny yeah so, <laughs> yeah so you had to do that too, which made you feel probably slightly like an outsider, a little different right. in a way. And as much as I say I wanted to be the, you know, same, I yeah. feel like some part of me was like, yeah, I'm the different kid. Right. You know? Like I, I know a little more than, you know, I know English, I'm a little westernized. Yeah. Which was like the cool thing back in the days. Like right. Everyone was like into US music and like, especially that came like going to junior high like everyone was started skating and mm-hmm. like you know watching skate videos and music and I was like yeah so I was like oh how is how is New America like I was like trying to explain them you know right yeah yeah it's tricky yeah so I had a going back you know back and forth and when I was uh, 13 my parents decided to put me in a Catholic-based uh, boarding school in Chiba, uh-huh. which is like, you know, three hour, hours away from Tokyo. And um, Wait, in Chiba? In Chiba. There's like a boarding school in, do you know Chiba? A little bit, yeah. Yeah, it's like the... Like Makohari, near there? More towards... Um, a deeper in. Deeper in, yeah. in the forest. So... Inaka. Definitely, and uh, that was wild. Yeah, that was more. It was a Catholic school, but it was more like a. um, It was a violent school. Really? Oh yeah. Like if you get in trouble, you get you get spanked, slapped, full swing. Oh, you know. Yeah. And um. Yeah, that was that was. I went there for three years and. uh, you know, didn't like it. I didn't like it. Yeah, uh, yeah. There's some. Fun. Yeah, there's some good part about it too. Now to now think about it. But, right. But uh, there was this teacher who was like always like, you know, like dormitory teacher. Like we had to sleep at ten thirty, and then 
no porn, no magazine, comic books, mm-hmm. um, no uh, what else was it like candy eating after? I mean, like you know, during that day too. But like, if you go, if you if they find you like you know doing something, they would like. Pull you out of your bed and like full swing slap you. Oof. Yeah, <laughs> so that was like you know once a week someone was getting slapped and we can hear the like. Oh yeah, and the like, crying or the, like whimpering afterwards. Yeah. and then next next day would be like, oh, who was that? Right, you know, it's like who got nailed last night? Oh yeah, so it was like lots of you know hiding there too. I feel like. So where does uh, where does creativity come in the mix in all this? Was uh, it something you were into early? Like drawing or... Yeah, I was always... Manga? Like, manga, yeah. definitely manga. Anime, um, music. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what was the music? Well, you had been exposed to, you know, being in Chicago for a little bit. Were you listening? I mean, well, I guess you yeah, were Yeah, I was too young to for, you know, the music. I remember some of the uh, brothers of my friends were had like the... What is it? Guns and Roses poster. Oh, Appetite for Destruction, probably. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, but when I was uh, the f- music came in, maybe like later, uh, my older sister was into music. So, there's this band, Blue Hearts, if you know. It's a Japanese like punkish band from um, eighty five to ninety five, and it was like such a there's still people like you know trying to you know it's like pop punk sort of feel definitely they were on like TV, bump of chicken and like stuff n- like that no 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 not it's that more, poppy not that poppy like it's, it's it was one of the it's like the ramones i would say okay of J- japanese punks yeah 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 the originators so, yeah so uh i got into that kind of thing and then one of you know one of back in the days like, how do you say it one of the artwork Oh, the jackets, CD, the cover art yeah. had the lyrics and right. also some like drawings, and I remember copying those. Yeah, you know, like drawings. Uh, the old cover art is a segue into an artistic life. Oh yeah, <laughs> it happens Definitely. a lot. Yeah, well, skateboarding too, right? Did you skateboard at all? Or you? Yeah, yeah, yeah culture I was, was around. Skateboarding, I mean, it's such a visual thing. I yeah, feel like so many boys of our generation, or you know, of a younger generation, was Definitely. into that kind of. Yeah, copying you know, the logo. Yeah. yeah. Stu C. Mark, I, I can. <laughs> right, right. It was like our the mi- middle school we went to was like so into like it was a boarding school, so the kids had some kind of money, so they would they they're stuck in middle of the forest for maybe two months, and then when they go get released, they would you know go out and spend the parents' money to like skateboarding brands and all that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah, that was the thing. That was like you know I got a you know getting the stickers and putting on there yeah know. the culture of it yeah. was really cool yeah. and it was very visual because like all there. skateboards had you know art mm-hmm. and all the shirts and all that paraphernalia that everyone wanted to get was like visual based definitely you know? yeah so when and then what year are we talking about like when you were in Chicago it was what 87 year? to 90 okay and then that Christian school was 93 to 96 and then 96 my parents I was like my parents were like it was like a escalator school that yeah. you can go if you want to go you can you know go to high school there and I was like I don't think this is good for me you know right. I was you know I never talked to my parents like the teachers are slapping us and all that but somehow it was like so normal back th- back in the days lots yeah. of like teachers were not only my school but all around Japan I feel yeah. like so you I didn't question I didn't, it. I wasn't like saying that because you know the teachers are violent, but um, the whole it was su- such a closed community. Yeah, and uh, it was boys' school too. Right, and then you know get getting interested in girls, and the only girls you would find there would be like the teachers, like sixty years old, or like the <laughs> cow, female cow. You know, yeah, yeah. I was joking. There's no girls here, right? So I was, I was like, "Where are the girls?" Okay, uh, and then I talked to my parents. I want to go somewhere else, and then a non-boys school, <laughs> non-boys exactly yeah. like co-ed school, and then yeah, my parents were like, "Oh, why don't you go back to uh, U.S.?" Yeah, 
for that and then he found like a boarding school in uh, upper mass and then i was like you know flew into there so did you like it? i mean what was that it was like acclimating to that must have been a big shift because yeah. it's a much different time of your life you know? mm-hmm. different kind of developmental period i feel like it was one of the best times i had i was mm-hmm. like america freedom yeah. Like when when people say like you know uh, make America great again, I feel like that that's like the America of my like you know greatest. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I feel what like you remember. From yeah, it was like high school. You know, teachers were laid back. It was like boarding school, but like lots of people were like had like hippie kind of yeah you know um, thing going on. So lots of I remember like I was um, you know throwing frisbee with this girl and like when. I saw like a armpit hair, mm-hmm. like from you know. Yeah. And I was like, "Wow, American girls are wild." <laughs> yeah. That seemed like very out there. Yeah. yeah. Just not conventional, right? Yeah. So lots of people, you know, even the teacher were smoking weed, and yeah. I was like, "Wow, this is this is so open." You know, like I feel like I I dyed my hair, like. Um, you know, like a week later, I, I got to U.S. Like, like, oh, I can do it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no parents. Oh, that's no, right. Yeah. yeah. What was boarding school like? I always wonder about that. Must be weird, just being away from your family. It was so fun. Yeah. Like, you know, like you get to do anything. Like there are some like school rules. Right. But like within that, if you within that square, like you can pretty much do anything. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. And were you when you came over? Were you still drawing and into art? Or yeah, I, I feel like I took lots of art classes there, mm-hmm. and then yeah, it's like like you know painting and uh, they had that. They had that. Yeah. And was there was the school in a way kind of like a preparation school in the sense that like people were telling you what you could do after going to college or you know. No, we didn't. No, I, I don't think they were that. You, you just kind of studied your studies. Did yeah. you have an idea of like after I get out of here, I want to do this no, or do that? No, actually, no. You just enjoying the moment. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the freedom. Yeah, I feel like the reason I came to Parsons after that, I, I went to Parsons, yeah. and this was like two thousand. Uh, no, this was ninety nine, and one of my friend uh, from that boarding school. Kane went to Parsons and he was always like you know very creative and it was like one of the guys who you know I was always hanging out with mm-hmm. and then he went to Parsons so like every once in a while we would visit him from the school and it was like wow New York is so funky so I was like I want to go here too yeah yeah so you moved to New York in 2000 in 99 99 yeah and, um, and that was fun too New York was always like you know we I, I feel like I was like this spoiled international kid mm-hmm. like I was like you know the parents not here like we have some kind of money to like go to school and yeah. like spend just do so, what you want to do yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah I feel like I I, 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 I and then Parsons I, I we didn't I didn't really go to class that much I was like hanging out all the time so I don't think I was like a good student there <laughs> you yeah. know, you're paving the way for success here <laughs> like I, it took me a while yeah, to like come back to focus yeah. well that's the thing is you were probably in such a I would imagine like a constricted it seems like every environment you were in had its own method of constriction or difficulties in a way you know what I mean it wasn't like you were just in this free an easy mm-hmm. situation. So when you finally get here and you, the rules kind of break down or whatever, you can just like, yeah, you, you can go they, all out. You're like, Oh, I could do anything I want. Exactly. Screw everything. I'll yeah. just hang out. That's kind of where we went actually. Like I was living with like three or four friends from that boarding school. Yeah. And we formed like a family sort of thing. Right. And then I feel like my Parsons time was like so close minded, like always hanging out with my old friends yeah, and then they, <laughs> I would say they were spoiled too. So like you know, 
they wouldn't go to school and they would just like do whatever one of my roommate was a dj so he was like always like mixing like music until like 3 a.m right you know no time to sleep and he eventually he didn't he got like cut and like you know kicked out of school yeah um, yeah dj and like daytime classes don't really mix that well yeah right (laughs) those are like two different lifestyles yeah and go to you know clubs right. during the night. Yeah, and, and then wake um, up for like a physics class at nine o'clock in the morning. It's hard to do, I imagine. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, well, I guess physics you wouldn't be taking at Parsons, but any class at nine a.m. is not going to be easy. Right. If you're a DJ. So what about what, moving to New York? I mean, it's way more diverse than probably some of your other situations. I mean, did you sort of connect with like a community, or like did you feel mm-hmm. you just kind of knew the people you knew? Yeah, yeah. I feel like I wasted so so many opportunities like you know like i didn't really hang out with the classmates i was like going to school just for a class and then like coming back and one of my roommate got into motorcycle uh-huh. and um you know during the summer we were able to go back to japan so i would like work for the summer and then bring back the money and buy like 900 dollar motorcycle on ebay yeah or something and then my roommate got into like fixing motorcycle yeah so he stopped going to school and he was like he had in the kitchen he had like his motorcycle like all apart and then i had i bought one too so like we were just always like you know working on working on the motorcycle like you know and we met this guy who knew who used to work as a uh, mechanic Mm -hmm. and he was teaching us like how to like you know break down and how to read the make the book and all that right so while we were in parsons we were like you know always like doing something else we yeah i feel like what was that so that leads me to ask because i don't know that much about parsons is it the kind of school where you can just kind of fly in and fly out? it's like they're not too strict about how much studio time or like how much out of class time you're working on your own work or how did it work? Because were you were in a, were you in the BFA program? Yeah, I was in BFA. In painting, in illustration. Illustration. Yeah. Ah, okay. So once like the freshman year, so like you have to attend a lot. Yeah. In, in order to like go up, but like from sophomore year, I feel like it was so if you attend the class mm-hmm. and you can somehow be you know not cut. Yeah. You know if you have the credit but right. my grades were awful of course because I didn't really do homework and I was just like you know going there and then sleeping literally yeah yeah so I was like is this right I don't know but like that's how it was right so I was like oh what am I gonna do after you know graduating like uh, and then my friend actually took away to he went to um, become a mechanic in Harley Davidson back in Japan mm-hmm. so he kind of found, found his way to be a mechanic but I think I, that's that wasn't what I wanted to do. Yeah, I was like slowly getting back to hey, I gotta you know, you know, put my shit together and like do something after um, graduating, and then eventually like the senior came and then the senior show came and it kind of was work, work, working towards you know hard towards the senior show, and then um, there's some like a day you have to bring in all your work to be like qualified for the senior show right and I kind of slept through that <laughs> and then went back to the class afterwards and the teachers were like hey no there's no spot for you like you didn't come to class you've been always like not not to you know participating yeah and then I was like oh damn like what should I do and then I got this idea of like renting a U-Haul truck mm-hmm. and then like on the senior show they just put my work in with a friend of mine and then paint like a U-Haul, like cut out like a canvas so it fits the U-Haul truck. Yeah. And then like do like guerrilla. Oh yeah. Yeah. Kind of show. Right. And I was like, all right, let's, let's just do like once. Do your own show. Do my own show. Yeah. So it's, so I did that and then I felt like all the, you know, department heads were like, wow. Like they, they were all impressed. Some of the teacher who, never even know my name were like oh this is so cool you showed the initiative i think right because they they saw that you were being ambitious in a way yeah yeah well if you're not going to give me it i'll do it myself exactly and they liked that yeah i like i like that for you know like the art school 
you know, maybe some school would be like, hey, like we're gonna call the police for that. And right. But they were like open. And then um, some of the teacher uh, my from my illustration department, uh, his name is Jordan, Jordan Isip, and he was like forming lights like, like a show. He's a curator and an artist, illustrate, illustrator. Yeah. And then he was he saw that show and he was like, hey, do you want to be in a group show I'm, I'm like organizing? And I was like, yeah. And then I feel like that show kind of like let me start, open a door for being, you know, like, wow, what a cool world. Like you, you get to like make something and then show something and sell something. What a, right. what a you know, fun, fun thing to do. Yeah. So. So do you think that around that time is when you caught the bug to like really definitely focus it? But how does it transition? How did it transition into like illustration into painting, or well, was it always painting? It was just in the illustration. No, department. I was uh, oh shooting for you know illustration, but I didn't really know how to start. Yeah, you know, like I was right now. Like I feel like my paintings are very illustrative. Mm -hmm. So like I don't think I'm I'm like on that same line as as I was like doing back in the days, but um, yeah, just the fact that like illustration painting could be considered as art, you know? Yeah. So, well, I mean, I don't most, know. I don't even most, know. in a way figurative art. I mean, the transition from illustrations to paintings, a lot of times would just be working in paint. You know what I mean? And like, I, there's an illustrative aspect to a lot of figurative painting or right. landscape painting, but you know, just tr it's kind of like translating it from paper and a specific goal to an overarching image. Mm -hmm. It's not a huge, just a lot of people who started in illustration and, you know, kind of like moved so. over to painting. Mm -hmm. They're just images. Right. You know? So when did you, so you graduated from Parsons mm -hmm. and then what happened? What came next? Um, just setting up shop or did you no uh, what did I do so I had some visa kind of problems oh yeah so um, I wanted to stay in New York but like the you know international students thing that like half of my friends had to go back after a year right. because of the visa and then I kind of wanted to stay here so like I started interning at this uh, gallery called uh, Jack the Pelican, which was on, oh, yeah. in Bedford or, you know, in Williamsburg. Right. And then I worked there for three months as an intern and asking every day, can you sponsor me with the visa for, you know, some right. kind of visa? And then eventually they were like, yeah, like I will do it. So um, I feel like I had like a year like going back and forth because of the visa. Right. But um, yeah. At that time, I got the visa and came back here. And then I didn't want to work in a gallery there, so I was asking around what what kind of jobs are out there. And one of my friend was working in a gallery called Toby Fine Arts, mm -hmm. which is not there anymore, but it was in Soho. And my friend was like, "Do you want a gallery sit while I'm going back to Japan?" I'm like, "Yeah." And then I met the owner. And the owner had the other business, like fixing paintings, like mm -hmm. restoration kind of thing. Yeah. So he was like, he was actually looking for somebody who's like good at with, good with color, like basic color knowledge. Right. Then he who wasn't requiring like anything like conservation, you know, degree or anything. Yeah. But he was like, I can teach you from scratch. Yeah. So I was like, do you want to come here? So I was like, yeah. So, so now you have a job job, basically. Job job, yeah. Does that get you, I mean, that facilitates the visa process. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So so he was sponsoring me with the visa, and then he knew I always wanted to make work. So maybe, like, it's been, I think that was, like, 2006 or seven. I started working there. And then, you know, like, we have an agreement, like, four days a week, maybe three sometimes, and then some other times I would be here. Yeah. Yeah. So now, at a certain point, you you got yourself a studio and said, "I'm going to make some paintings." And yeah, you know, I mean, was that like a decision? Decision to be like, okay, now I really want to focus on painting. No, I was very natural. I think yeah. I, I think that the fact that I I met like the Jordan shows Jordan's show I was talking about. Yeah, yeah. Like I feel like I met some of the artists there at the group show, and I was like kind of like peeking through like what kind of like lifestyle they got. Yeah. 
and then they they all had jobs and like you know on the weekend they would they would be you know making work and right. like maybe this gonna work for me yeah so I've been doing that for ten years I think yeah yeah and now it's like I'm sure it's not even something you're thinking about it's more kind of just the way that you're living and working right yeah yeah it's so how did you start connect well I mean that's cool too because in a way you know these jobs that you have that are allowing you to stay in the city mm-hmm. is in an area like so you're seeing like a gallery world you're seeing like people who are making living and making work and selling work so that must have also been unconsciously like oh you can you know this mm-hmm. is something that you can do you know right and it's, it's here it's, it's like you know right. it's like clouding in, in front of uh, on top of my head but I don't really you know, want to think too much about like I have to make money um, selling my work because right. it just gets to a point like I'm like, how do you do it? You know, like yeah, yeah. So I my stance is like I can make money out of restoration. You know, going to my you know the studio I work at and then do some other jobs and then keep it rolling. And then I feel like I'm a Sunday painter here. Like I literally, I I come here on the weekends. Yeah. So wherever this takes, like, I don't know, but like, I just know that I love coming here. Right. You know, far cut off from like everything. And I was like, yeah. So that's That's cool. Did, does any of the, um, the stuff that you do in the restoration side of things ever bleed into what you're doing in your studio as far as just like, you know, not know-how, but just, like, the physicality of whatever you're doing. Yeah, Do you ever, probably. Does it yeah. resonate at all? I think so. I feel like my work changed uh, over time. Yeah. You know, like, and anyone else. But, like, I feel like I was... Um, in restoration, we use this, like, restoration color, mm-hmm. which is, like, a little bit like watercolor, but, like, it's reversible always. Like, what, whatever we use, like, we have to take it off. But uh, the... So I, I, I'm a retoucher I um, I do in painting a lot like yeah. where, wherever there's a crack I would put that color in so yeah. I'm always with color uh, while I'm in the studio so I feel like you know that kind of like I'm not using restoration color but definitely like it got me going with oil colors more get more sloppy you know yeah like stuff I feel and, and also I feel like um, I don't have much time coming here as before. Right. So I, 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 I'm always rushing, I feel like, you know. Yeah. Yeah. You don't want to take too, too long on a painting. Right. Like a sketch yeah. kind of painting, right. I would say, yeah. And then, what, like, to get into your paintings, I mean, obviously, like, sports, childhood, um, you know, there's a whimsical nature to it. Like, what are the these ingredients in your work, where does it come from? I mean, I'm sure it's from personal experience to some extent. Yeah. But so it's obviously bigger than just, just your own story in a way, you know, y- Yeah. Visually. So I would sketch like a drawing in, at home when I'm not here mm-hmm. and then maybe pick some like, you know, work from there, what, what makes it, you know, into a painting. But uh, I can't really, you know, nail down what I'm painting, to be honest. Like, I feel like, for many years, I was always concentrating on baseball theme, yeah. which I picked it up from my Parsons senior year. Like, um, one of the teacher was like, "Hey, this is a good theme for you. You know, like you're no one really, you know, there's not a lot of people doing sports illustration kind of thing." Yeah. So that kind of me, got me going with like, you know, maybe um, I was kind of like. I needed some theme in order for me to like keep in painting I feel like mm-hmm. so for me that was like baseball right and I mean I, I'm guessing you're a fan of baseball <laughs> or do you not really not really no no <laughs> no I don't I don't follow any you know sports I don't we don't like go out and see but like I did play baseball this this um, season oh for, yeah for like a tournament mm-hmm. so I like baseball but I don't I don't think I'm a you know fan of uh, MLB in yeah. particular but I just used to play baseball and kind of like I kind of remember like how how that felt you know like right yeah What's well, it's funny because I mean baseball is huge in Japan it's yeah. the 
you know, soccer and baseball are the biggest sports, right? And like sumo. Yeah. You know, traditional stuff. But I mean, baseball's gigantic. It's so much funner to go see games there than here. Probably, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's so much more exciting of an environment, you know. You've been to? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, in Japan. Yes. Yeah. So, like, the Chiba Mariners, you know, going uh, to, like, their games know. is, like, intense, you know? Like, like, I've when, never been, actually. Well, it's just more singing loud, chanting, and people are, oh, you're are right. really yeah, into like, it, whereas here, everyone's just hanging out, eating hot dogs, and, you know, <laughs> chilling, which is nice, too, in a way. Right. It's more relaxing here, I guess, but when you go to the game there, it's much more, like, exciting. Yeah. It's a different way of participating. Yeah, definitely. Like you, you gotta be, like, in, in the... You Thunder know. sticks and all that stuff. Yeah, right, you're right. But my painting has nothing to do with, like, the pro or business side or cultural thing. No, it's, it's, it feels more like lines or it's just, like, compositions and movement. Yeah, you know, they're almost exactly. like Degas dancers, but kind of, like, pitchers instead. <laughs> yeah, I just feel like, you know, I have a pile of baseball cards over there that my friends gave me. Yeah. So I feel like it's a good reference to look at for you know, um, start start a drawing from and and I I usually exaggerate like you know I don't want to make a painting that's like so straightforward um, yeah, yeah realistic uh, so yeah it's a hard hardest question for me like why baseball like I I don't think I have a good answer for that well, I think the reason that question probably comes up. I mean, the reason I ask it in my mind when I see the work is because of what you were saying. It's you don't see a lot of paintings with baseball players in them, and you have a lot of them. And obviously, you're painting a lot of other things, mm -hmm. but the other things feel more like a combination of domestic or like family life, or like there's or like families, those kind of situations, and then a lot of landscape, like the connection of the figure to the landscape, mm -hmm. and Definitely. then the baseball ones just it kind of jumps out at you because yeah. it is so rare to see right. baseball players right, right, in paintings. Right. So I don't want to use, I don't want to keep in painting because no one's, not, not a lot of people is painting. That, I don't think that's a good reason for it. Right. But I feel like, you know, I've, I've been painting or making work related to baseball for maybe 15 years and I feel like at this point I can't really drop it. It's in your like, language in a way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, think I like the uniform that's yeah. I know like it's very beautiful uniform I think and you can get to you know change the color and like the movement is like so you know yeah it's fun to draw that, and, I yeah. think that's it it's fun it's fun to right. paint and draw baseball stuff it's like specific to like the line of those stirrup socks going Definitely. up into the stripes yeah into the shoulder you know what I mean yeah and then pitchers a lot of times it's pitchers that you're doing, or at least those ones jump out uh -huh. because it's that exaggerated throwing motion too, yeah. which is such a different, like if you think of Degas ballet dancers, mm -hmm. those positions are not normal day-to-day -day right. <laughs> positions. Right. There's like a beauty to the form and lines of those figures. Mm -hmm. And I think the same thing happens in that kind of throwing motion or batting, you know. Definitely. The movements of baseball, which is totally different, I think, than a lot of other sports. Uh -huh. I mean, maybe cricket is similar. Yeah, you're right, because you swing. Yeah, but yeah. it's different than, you know, soccer but, or football. And, right, but I, I guess it could be anything. Like, I started from baseball, so, like, I'm kind of stick with it. But I feel like if I did a bowling series, like, I, I, there's, if you dig it, I feel like there's more and more to see. Oh, yeah. I feel like. I see a new body of work. <laughs> no, no, I don't think I'm going that Curling. Way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's, it's, I mean, I've, in, in some of my work, like I've, I've painted stadiums and done, you know, like the venues of sports are really interesting oh, to yeah. me because of crowds and like yeah. people, when people get together collectively, there's always something really it's beautiful, beautiful yeah. and scary mm -hmm. about large groups of people together. Mm-hmm. Like trampling or just like group ethos of like, you know, yeah. group mentality sometimes is right. scary. Anything could happen. Fans are like going crazy. Like you've seen those games and like, you know, the like 10 or 20 years ago in England and Germany where there's just like flares going off and rioting and, you know. You mean it, ba in baseball? In soccer. In soccer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It can it get pretty more. wild. So. Mm -hmm. But yeah, just an interesting visual dynamic, you know. Yeah. yeah. And I think that, I mean, that's what I'm seeing in the the baseball players but there's it seems like travel too or like place seems important and it, that would make sense to me too because it seems like you've hopped around yeah 
I feel like have you lived in one place for like you know X amount of years I feel like that would be New York for me yeah this this is the longest yeah yeah. Do you feel settled, settled? Um, like you're going to... No, I, I'm always like missing Japan. Yeah. Like I haven't been back for three years now and there's a bunch of places I want to visit. As much as like, you know, like I feel I'm Japanese. Yeah. Uh, my wife is Jap- Japanese and she was raised there and she thinks um, I'm really far away from like how Japanese people are right. back in the days. And, and there's like a gap there. I don't know how to fill it. And then in here, I'm like, I'm not fully like, you know, American, of course. So like, I feel like, oh, like, I guess I'm, I'm the, I'm, I was, I wasn't born here, but I was like, the, I'm the international Asian living in US. Yeah. Like, you know? Right. Yeah. So, so you don't really feel like there's the fit. Yeah. Sometimes like, I feel like, I would walk around like Washington Square after work to see my friend in Lower East Side and then I'll get so emotional like you know oh I used to see I, I used to walk this like when I was 19 and uh, oh that friend's gone you know this building's still there yeah that kind of thing like I, I get so like how do you say it like nostalgic nostalgic Natsukashi Natsukashi is that right yeah yeah Natsukashi like walking so, and that time I'll be like, oh, I, I've been living in New York for a while now, but yeah. there's, there's always more people. Like, I feel like New York is not, not where I grew up. So there's so many people that talking about, oh, back in the days in the 70s, right, New York right. was this and that. I, since I don't know, like, I feel like, okay, I'm just a visitor here still. And I feel like it's going to be like that. And even though I live You know what's funny though? Years. You've been here longer than a lot of artists who are here showing to work because they've gone to school outside of New York City mm-hmm. and you know a lot of people who want to be an artist and, and make, try to make a living off of it come to New York right. so those people are coming after grad school and they've been here like you know five or six or seven years or whatever there's a lot of people who are fairly new to the city right you've been here a lot longer than that right you went but the to thing school is, here too I, went, I did go to school here but I guess I was like in, in our apartment fixing motorcycle for three <laughs> yeah, years true. You, know? you didn't so, really you know I was really disconnected with the whole world and I kind of like regret that in a way like yeah. I, I wish I saw more people and like went out and like get connected but as I said, I was like only 16 when I came back to the States and I was like, the family's not here. So some part of us, like me and my families were like always like looking for a family kind yeah. of thing. So my, we, um, my friends were like, you know, like formed the family sort of things. Well, like, yeah, yeah. Boarding school is boarding exactly. school. And you know, from you're like, sequestered. Oh yeah. <laughs> you're by yourself with those people. Right. So if you take that core group, a core group of people, and come to New York, you probably want to stick together. Yeah, we were two, two together. Yeah. I feel like you know we knew we saw each other from like morning till you know during the. In my first year of New York, we lived on um, two bedroom apartment, four of us in a nice street between First and A in Manhattan. Just piled in. Oh yeah, we didn't have a bed. <laughs> we had like a sofa type futon, and yeah. whoever is done with homework would go on the one of the side of the sofa and then you know go the next goes on and on so, right <laughs> so we were like you know which was kind of have to do when you come to the city right unless you're you know loaded right you gotta kind of pile in at first yeah that doesn't work though when you have a family right yeah <laughs> it's, it's just still like that right now i actually like we we i have two kids and uh, we live in a one-bedroom apartment yeah, but, you, but you're piled in with the family. No? With the family, yeah, Not you're with right. family and friends. Uh, you're right. But it was kind of the same. We were that close. Yeah. We were like, you know, we knew each other for, and we were still connected. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So you have kids? Yeah. Two kids. Two? And we have a bunk bed and uh, and another bed. And then I sleep on the bunk bed and the five-year-old son sleeps on the top floor. Wow. Top, yeah. It's amazing. <laughs> it's like a it's like a dorm still, right? I guess I'm so used to that. Kind well, they of, don't, and they probably love it, right? They love it. Yeah. It's the kind of thing where you a lot of people say, well, if you have a family, you know, you got to get a separate bedroom, or like you have to have so much space, or whatever. Right. But like kids, they love being. They love that. Like my son <laughs> always wants to climb into bed or like hang out or sleep in the same room. You know what I mean? Right. They don't mind that stuff, right? 
I wish I can create that kind of situation, but right, the separation. <laughs> yeah, sometimes kind of, you want your own room. And, exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, part of that's New York living. It is. We, I enjoy it, and I feel like okay, someday we're gonna move out and and get a two bedroom, three bed, three bedroom. Right. So it's hard. Yeah. Well, yeah. especially these days yeah. in the city. Back yeah. in the day, you could move far out in Brooklyn and get that right. for not that much. Now, right. You know. And good thing my wife kind of enjoys that too. Like she 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 doesn't ask too much. So yeah, I feel like I'm the one who's like always like thinking like, hey, we need to move in five years when the you know the kids are grown up. And right. I think we do, but like I feel like I'm the one who's pushing to make that. Yeah, my wife's like whatever. She's kind of cool with everything. Yeah. Well, that's good. Yeah. <laughs> she she loves New York. She she's lived in Japan for all her life. So yeah. everything right now is so new to her. So Did she grow up in like Tokyo area? Or? In Saitama. Saitama. Yeah, a little north of Tokyo. Yeah. And she always wanted to live outside, so like dream come true. So it's a good. She's I'm, I'm lucky f- because she was that kind of person. Right. Like she doesn't, you know. You're a little conflicted deep down, right? Do you feel a little like I want to get back to Japan? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. She's kind of like I've been there the whole time. This is great over <laughs> exactly. here. And then two, two, three days ago, we got our green card. Oh, nice! Then. Yeah, so we're kind of stuck here now. <laughs> so, so yeah. I'm sure she's excited. She's yeah. She's she's. And were the kids it. born here? Uh, the second kid was. So he's American. Yeah, and then the first kid was born in Saitama because of the first kid. Uh, my wife was like, "No, I can't even speak English. I don't want to yeah, you know, have a kid do it over here." here. So, so she went back, and so he's well. He he, he'll, he came here when he was three month old, and then since then he's living here. So they're they're both Japanese citizens, but will he until they're like eighteen or something? But what about your first child? Is he not an American citizen? Yeah. So he got the green card too. Oh, okay. Right. Isn't that crazy? Green cards for like. Young kids, I know. And then they're trying now. You know who's trying to make it so exactly. If you were born here, you're not. I know. Good thing the second kid was born before that whole thing is happening. Right. So she got her citizenship here, but that's awesome. She'd be a dual citizen forever. Yeah. Because in Japan, they don't even check. Mm -mm. Yeah. My son is a little present. He's he's dual citizenship for where? Because my wife's from Japan originally, so. But and they say you have to choose at eighteen. They say right? it, but like, but who, no one checks. Exactly. So, so you can just rock that. Yeah, it's forever. a present. It's a big yeah, yeah. present. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Cool. So, um, what? So this group show that you were in just—it's uh, still up, right? I think it closed down. Oh, it just last closed Saturday. Yeah. Okay. How was that? It was good. It was a good experience. Um, the curator Paul. I don't know how to pronounce his last name. Paul Estacio, I think. Sure. Was the curator and uh, it was at Hollis Tiger, right? Yeah. And it's funny for me because like uh, our restoration studio is right on the same block as Hollis's gallery. Oh, that's cool. And Hollis is our client. Yeah. So I so we one we, degree of separation. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so they're usually you know showing like secondary works that right. he's like restoring all that. But like he, I think he, um, it's his second show that he uh, he called a guest curator Paul, and um, I it was actually a great show. Was it a lot of great people in it? Yeah, I enjoyed it too. It was a funny funny feeling though, you know, going in there always. I'm always fixing paintings, oh, but yeah. to, to, some of the people there was like, oh, I didn't know you painted, you know, like right. so I, that in that way I was like, yeah. Yeah, it feels good, right? Felt good, yeah. That's cool. Yeah, there's even, I've known a couple people who've um, worked at a gallery, mm-hmm. and then they end up getting into a group show years and years later at the gallery they used to work at, and they always say that's, that's a strange feeling, yeah. but it feels good. It's it like, feels okay, good. I'm here in a different capacity now, right. you know? Right. Which is nice. Yeah. So, and that show, you got a good response? It was a nice catalog I think so. from it? Definitely, yeah. It was a, yeah, I feel like I haven't showed my work in Chelsea for a while so I was like yeah and every morning I would pass by it and kind of like it's on the galleries on the first floor so I would like you could see it right see the painting like it's there yeah Yeah. so and before I forget I wanted to ask a little bit more because you said you were a fan of music yeah are you you still into music do you did you ever go out to see I mean your roommate was a DJ I mean did you used to go out and see music or do you still do 
in what's your music um, really fandom at this I, point? I would say really shallow. Like I don't, I'm not like a, I won't like dig d- too deep to music. Mm-hmm. I, anything that came out to me, but as I said, like the Blue Hearts, like thing was so big on me oh, I was yeah. like, when I was like fifth grade etched into you oh my god it was like I feel like when I was a kid my dream was to like you know meet that vocalist and then like yeah. you know I want to be yeah so I was always thinking that and when I was in college the vocal they formed the band after the Blue Hearts called the High Lows which they came to CBGB's oh, yeah. while I was in school Yeah. so that day I was like I skipped school and I was like at a cafe right in front of CBGB's from the mornings I sipping I coffee for like three hours and <laughs> getting all jacked up on caffeine <laughs> yeah getting ready for some punk rock right and no no this is before the show they were like in the rehearsal thing uh-huh. so I saw them going in so oh, yeah. after an hour or so I, I just went into CBGB's and told the guys like hey I need to go in. Like yeah. I explained to him how f- big of a fan I was, and then mm-hmm. the guy was like, "Yeah, just go in and talk to him." And then I feel like for you know a few days I was thinking, "Why should I talk to him?" Like I was, I went to this show, and like yeah. I was always, a, "You made my, you know, maybe the reason I'm in, you know, our school is because of you, kind of thing." Right. But I kind of wanted to touch him so bad <laughs> that I was like, "The I still regret what I asked." So so, so, <laughs> so we were like, hey, like, hey, where are you from? Do you go to school here? And yeah, yeah, I went to your show back in 93. And I was like, wow, that's a while ago. And then I was like, and then conversation didn't really last. And I was like, right. I have a favor to ask. Can you do like an arm wrestling match with me? <laughs> <laughs> and then he was like, he's not that like big type. Yeah, and yeah. so me, neither am I. But like, I was just wanted to like have the fact that I did an arm wrestling with him and yeah. it didn't really matter who won or something. Right. But he was like dodging like, hey, no, no, I'm not mad. I'm no, good. Man, I'm good. And <laughs> then everything went downhill from there. Wait, is this a singer? Yeah, he's Does a he singer. Does he play guitar too? No, no. Okay. I was going to say, wouldn't, if he's a guitarist too, he wouldn't want to arm wrestle because you're right. Like, you don't want to break the arm yeah, or do anything. I just wanted to touch him. Right, know, like, right. This was your <laughs> subtle way of like, it's slightly macho way of saying like, can I just put my arm on your arm for a exactly. minute? Exactly. <laughs> so he passed. He passed, and then he passed it to the guitar guy, who is also I was a big fan. He was yeah. from the former. Oh, he'll do it. He like, and oh. then and he had a laundry bag in his back, and he's like, no, I'm going to laundry, man. And Ugh. then everything went was like slow. Later, there was like nothing to talk about. So like, okay, All I'll right. come back tonight. And you know what's funny? He's probably still telling that story to this no, day about the fan who asked to arm wrestle him at CBGB's. I, ho- I hope so. This dude came in and he was like, will you arm wrestle? <laughs> <laughs> but the good thing is he, he's like 55 now and he's still doing the, the band. That's amazing. And I still, I was just checking him on YouTube and and really like, um, yeah, still inspires me. Like he, he does, he's not really like on YouTube. I mean like podcast. I mean, what is that? Uh, music iTunes oh yeah, yeah he's not in there like you, you need to actually get the CD to right, listen to listen. his music oh he's not on Spotify no either. he's not that's a rarity anything. these days yeah I think he's like you know working a lot to yeah. be not digitalized yeah and they have their own like philosophy of like you know things and I'm like always inspired by them that's real punk mm-hmm. ideology yeah right there yeah. most people cave in Definitely. Like Green Day has like four gazillion downloads on Spotify, I'm sure. <laughs> That's right. funny. So they were so meaningful to you that it's almost like that is your band. It's funny. Like it's, I'm still, yeah. you know, affected by them. Like, yeah. I was, was there, were you into any second or third wave stuff? You mean? Like other it, punk bands that kind of came out of their tradition. Yeah. You know I, mean? I, I guess I was like kind of following how I was brought up and, you know, like, some of the bands who were playing Japanese band who would be playing in the state yeah. would be I'll, I'll be like oh these guys are so cool so like the band like High Standard uh-huh. if, you'd, if you I know like know it's that. a punk band that was like singing in Japanese yeah from like you know like no effects and that kind of like right. you know that punkish genre. Mo- genre in 96 I would think yeah and then yeah I was like anything to do if I go to like Tower Records and I feel like anything that was like Japan related, I was like, I would buy it to see like what kind of, you know, I, I always wanted like something that's a similar background as I was because yeah. I was, I've always felt like 
identity crisis of like you know I'm not Japanese I'm not like where am I kind of thing yeah you know yeah I guess yeah feeling that that connection do you know the band uh, Pan no like Pan Uh -uh. they're like a Japanese punk band it's like really Uh good and it sounds like they probably came out of the lineage Uh of the band that you're talking about so back in the days it's an old band yeah they've been around since I think well, I don't know exactly how long, but I'm, I want to say late 90s, late early 90s. 2000s, yeah. it, but maybe even before that. I'm not mm. sure. But it's, you know, pretty raw punk. Mm-hmm. It's good stuff. Yeah, I didn't know. So yeah, I don't even know if they're, I mean, there's a bunch of stuff that I've still listened to that's not on Spotify, you know, or not right. on any streaming services. Which makes it more yeah. know, good. To it's rare these sort of, days. Yeah. But I guess that's still still happens here and there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Rarely. Do you listen to music when you're working in here or is it silence or? No, definitely music. Music. Yeah. I yeah. listen to hip hop, like Japanese hip hop a lot too, like because I kind of understand what they're saying. Right. Yeah. And um, lots of, what? Yeah, music and um, podcast. Yeah. Your podcast I was listening to they all, could. all week. <laughs> So you can work and like listen at the same. Some people can't do audiobooks or podcasts while they paint. Yeah, they feel distracted. Yeah. Some people can do it all day long. Yeah, I think I, I need music, some kind of like input. Energy. Sometimes I'm not even listening, but I f- I, feel, I feel good with my headphones on. Yeah, just something's on. Yeah, yeah. Especially this studio, like you can hear the noise from the you know hallway and all that. So right. I get distracted. So oh yeah, so you put the headphones on. Yeah, nice. So and so, how do people get in? like see your work what's the best way for people to encounter I mean that show just came down but you have like you do social media mm-hmm. is that where you or do you have a website yeah how website. do you suggest people check out your stuff website and uh, I guess Instagram website just your name dot com uh, no it's actually weird shiloku s-h-i-l-o-k-u dot net okay yeah but if they google your name I think so yeah up. yeah Cool. And then Instagram. Yeah, would be, what is it? I think just my name, Hido Kurata. Yeah. Nice. Mm-hmm. Well, thanks for having me over. Well, thank you, Brian. It's good to chat. Definitely. Thanks. Thank you. Sound and Vision is recorded, produced, and edited by myself, Brian Alfred. You can find out more about the podcast and see some images that I take when I'm visiting the artist studios or the gallery at soundandvisionpodcast.com. Please check out the podcast on iTunes and rate and review it there. It really helps the podcast if you give some feedback. Once again, thank you to Jacob2-2 for the soundtrack, intro, outro music, and to Nazca Lines for the introduction. Also want to thank, again, Golden Artist Colors for their sponsorship of the podcast. Uh, you can follow the podcast on Instagram, at Sound and Vision Podcast. And on there, you'll see some more behind-the-scenes photos. And don't forget to check out Keto's upcoming solo shows. Thanks again for listening. See you next week.